Are you a mom launching kids into adulthood? If so, you need to know about my Empty Nest Mom Retreat. It is the gathering for moms who have at least one child over the age of 18 or who have launched them all and have a full empty nest. September 27th through the 29th are the dates, and Cedar Lake Retreat Center in Cedar Lake, Indiana is the place. You can fly into Chicago airports and drive to Cedar Lake in a little over an hour. Come join me. Best Value Registration is available through May 27th, and space is limited to just 100 moms, so don't delay. Check out jillsavage.org slash retreat to register today. And we can be so stressed in so many different areas. It's just this overall sense of not good. And we almost don't even know where to begin to somehow get back in living within our natural limits. You're listening to the No More Perfect Podcast, where we talk about strengthening the relationships that mean the most to you. I'm Jill Savage, and I live in normal Illinois. I'm committed to talking honestly about the messy, less than perfect, but normal stuff of life. I'm so glad you've joined me. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the No More Perfect Podcast. So today I have a question for you. Are you too stressed to enjoy life? If so, then today's episode is for you. You know, there is a message that I have said over and over again through the years. It's woven into a couple of my books. It's something I talk about when I speak, especially to moms. It's a message I share on social media regularly. And this is what it is. Self-care is not selfish. It's a part of your job description as a mom. I am passionate about this. And so is my guest today. Rachel Norman is a mother, a parent coach, and a certified baby and toddler sleep consultant. She is also the founder of A Mother Far From Home, which is an online community dedicated to helping young mothers create peaceful and enjoyable lives for their families. And it reaches more than a million readers per year. Rachel's joining me today from Florida, where she lives with her husband, Matthew, and their five children. Welcome to the No More Perfect podcast, Rachel. Thank you so much, Jill. I loved what you just shared about the... Sorry, I'm like, I'm just loving what you said about self-care is not selfish. That's just such a big message that many moms would agree with in their heads, but in their heart, they don't believe it. Right, right. I know we struggle with that, don't we? And that really is like the topic of a new book that you have out, If Mama Ain't Happy. And I love the subtitle of it is Why Minding Healthy Boundaries is Good for You and Your Family. So I'm excited about our conversation today. So tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you're most passionate about. Sure. So um, I am in the Florida Panhandle with my five kids and my husband is Australian. We actually met in the UK. We were doing a prayer ministry school there. Then we moved to Australia and then we were having babies there and then we moved here. And so throughout this time, 
Um, you know, it's sort of being pregnant and then nursing and having babies and, you know, having this kind of do, 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 it's never enough. If I lay down, I'm lazy. This type of things going on in the back of my mind sort of brought me to, um, what was when I started my uh, website to help moms. And it kind of, it kind of came to head, I guess you could say, and brought me to the realization that, um, it kind of, as your message, no more perfect, like reaching, thinking there is a perfect, it's just so demoralizing, you know? And so it kind of got me, I, I realized, oh my goodness, in my head, I would have said, I agreed with these things. Like, of course I need to, you know, meet my own needs and I need to make sure that I'm well, since I'm trying to make sure everybody's well, but somewhere deep inside, I actually just didn't believe that. And so it's just become a passion of mine to, to help moms. And I think it's especially, I want to say, I, I could be wrong, but I want to say, I I think, and I would be interested in your opinion, Jill, that it particularly hits Christian moms because we really don't want to feel selfish. Like, you know, mm. we if something, if something sort of whiffs of what we might perceive as being selfish, we're like, eh, veto, not happening. But right. then we're sometimes really confused about what is and isn't selfish, I have found. It's like, actually, we're really confused about that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's such a good point, Rachel. I don't think I've ever thought about that, but I think you're right. And I think we do a lot of ought to's and should be's in our head and mm-hmm. and. And yes, we're we're striving to be the best and we believe that God calls us to excellence. But boy, mm-hmm. we you're exactly right. That whole selfish piece, I think we are maybe hypersensitive to it. So the scripture that says we shouldn't do anything in with selfishness and vain conceit, I thought I'm going to look these words up and I don't have the definition right in front of me, but it was something like, you know, you're putting your own interests above others and you're sort of um, in like a greedy way, prioritizing yourself and your wants over others. And this, the, when I was reading the definitions and the, the connotations of those, I was like, oh my goodness needing to sleep more than five hours a night or wanting to take a shower or needing, you know, an hour in quiet. This is not vain conceit and selfishness. This is trying to make, this is just trying to keep your head from sort of exploding, you know? Mm-hmm. So I actually joke with my, uh, you know, with Tyndale, the publisher when we, you know, because the old saying, if mom ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, you know? Mm-hmm. And I thought, but the, the truth is the book is not about uh, this kind of quest for superficial happiness. It's just about not being depressed and wanting to escape your own life. <laughs> mm. I mean, we're, we're, the bar is way not even anywhere near happy right now. The bar is like not wanting to escape your life every day. This is a low bar, Jill. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, and I think what often happens, so I remember one particular day, it was a horrible day in my motherhood journey. And I mean, I was at, it was like, I was a broken down car on the side of the road and it, and, and and my husband had to come rescue me because, you know, it's kind of like running out of gas and still being 10 miles Mm -hmm. from home. Right. Somebody has got to come rescue Mm -hmm. you. And, and I realized Mm -hmm. that was a day for me that things turned around because I realized that I would, I had let myself run out of gas. And when you Mm -hmm. do that, it causes, it causes more, much more 
burden for your family to have to come rescue you or to uh, kind of be stung from the fallout of what just happened mm-hmm. uh, versus if I would have just taken the time to pull up to my filling station, whatever you know, I identified filled me up. And if I had done that proactively, it would have actually been better for all of us. It is just so amazing. It's so God that you say this, Joe, because I in I, I have a chapter in the book that's talking about how we respect natural limits in the in the world, but we ignore them in ourselves. And I have an example of one morning. The van, I'm taking the kids to school. The van is like nearing empty, but we live on the, we live, we live in Florida, but the kids' school is like right across, it's, it's in Florida and right past it's the Alabama line. And gas is cheaper in Alabama, Joe. Okay, it's cheaper. Okay. So I was yep. like, you know what? I'm taking the kids to school. I'm not going to yep. get, I'm not getting gas till I go to Alabama because I'm going to save $5. Okay. What happens? The van breaks down. It literally breaks down. In my mind, I'm like, the van, we're going to go. We're going to do what I say we should do. It's going to happen. I didn't respect the fact there just wasn't enough gas to get there. We literally pulled over. It's funny. We it was we weren't too far away, and we kind of walked. And I made like a joke of it or whatever. But you know, so in in retro, if I tell the story, it's funny. But it I use it as an example to say, for example, we see if we don't pay the mortgage, we'll lose the house. We don't pay the car payment, we'll lose it. If we don't try to walk from our bedroom to the kitchen through the wall. It's a door. We don't do it. I mean, it's a wall. We don't do it. We go through the door. So we respect all of these boundaries in real life, but in ourselves, we totally ignore what is happening in ourselves to just keep doing what we think we should do. And then when we crash, you're so right. The fallout is much worse. It's much Mm -hmm. easier to maintain being in a state of general wellness than it is to need a rescue. And I've done that too. One time I did it, called my mom and I was like, please come get your grandkids. And I called my husband. I said, I'm not coming home for a, an as yet undetermined amount of time. And it was like three days. I said, I, I literally am crashing. I'm just, I've lost it. It's over. Y'all just going to have to do it. And this is much worse than having previous to that, just taking a little bit of time of what I needed or even being able, and I find this to be the case. I don't know if you would agree with this, Jill, um, yourself being a mother and also with the, the ministry that you have. It's like we actually have a really hard time figuring out what it is that we need. And we can be so stressed in so many different areas. It's just this overall sense of not good. And we almost don't even know where to begin to somehow get back in living within our natural limits, you know, yes. um, I don't know if you have, have yeah. noticed that as well, but it's, I don't even know where to start. Well, I think what happens too, is that we, this is where self-awareness is a part of it. Like for instance, when I was mm-hmm. a young mom, I did not know that I was an introvert. I, mm. uh, I actually have like, I'm fine being in a social setting, so I'm not a high introvert, but I, and I did, I thought introvert and extrovert had to do with like your social skills. Well, it has nothing to do with that. It has Mm -hmm. everything to do with what fills you up. So here Mm -hmm. I was a mother of five surrounded by children Mm -hmm. all the time. And what fills me up is Mm -hmm. being alone. And so (laughs) I'm like, 
you know, I didn't know this. And so I didn't understand the importance of needing some alone time. Um, And so part of it is knowing what does fill you up, what activities give you life. And I would say that's really important for a mom to really slow down and think about. Would you agree? Oh, I totally agree with this. It's very, it's very important. And one thing I often think of, and I know that I lived this life. I don't know if you did. I know there's, I know lots of moms out there do as well is when we're in that place of not even knowing where to begin, not knowing what to do instead of really taking this to God and go and just being like, I am so empty God. What we often end up doing is like at the end of the day, we're laying in bed, we're thinking, here's all the things I didn't do right. And I lost my temper. And then I wasn't present or whatever. We're, we're, you know, instead of praying like that desperate prayer of help me, God, give me with, we're like, okay, God, I know I wasn't good today. I'm going to be better tomorrow. I know God. It's like, I know I was this, it's we're, we're condemning ourselves. So we don't receive any comfort from the Lord. And I, it's like, we're, we, okay. Especially if you're kind of a go-getter type, you're like, okay, you know, I wasn't feeling great today. I'm going to do, I'm going to, I'm going to brain dump and I make a big, obviously brain dumping is a good idea. You know what I mean? But we, mm-hmm. we utilize these strategies to try to get us up out of our, what's going on. And it means we have no comfort. We don't comfort ourselves. We can't receive comfort from the Lord, you know, and we're just sort of going on this relentless path until we just sort of crash. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, and, and and this is a big one. I'd really like to know if you agree with this because I have found that we can really make ourselves feel bad for how we feel. So we're stressed. We're sort of, dep- we're kind of depressed, but we can't admit it. So it's kind of like, just, you know, we're not doing good. We want to escape life. So then instead of sitting back and saying, like, let's examine the different areas of life and see where things are out of order, out of balance. We're just like, I actually shouldn't be in fear because that's ungodly. And so then we berate ourselves because we feel fearful or we're like, I shouldn't be anxious. That's a sin. Do you see what I mean? So we never actually even sit back and think, let's look at these areas. What can I do? What is just out of bounds? What is outside of my boundaries? What is outside of order? What is chaotic? Let's fix it. I'm just sitting over here berating myself for feeling bad. And I think this is really the wrong tech and it doesn't work. I agree. I agree. So let's get to kind of the nitty gritty. What does it actually look like to take care of yourself and your kids? So this is a great question. This is the million dollar question, isn't it? One of the phrases I like to say. So, okay. So we're talking to mom, she's home with her kids, you know, and she's just kind of feeling overwhelmed in general. Okay. So my big, one of my big things that I talk about a lot on my website, and I just have so many examples of them is routine. So I do think routine makes a big difference in putting a lot of things on autopilot. Mm-hmm. So eventually, whenever we figure out, like you said, the things that bring us life that we need, we do need to put them in some form of routine for ourselves. Um, and even the kids, having the kids, having us all on a life giving routine that benefits everybody will have some of these needs met more on autopilot. But part of it is figuring out what the need is you actually have. So, and I talk about this a lot in my book, but obviously I'm going to go into it here. Um, at the, uh, at the, so in, in the book, I talk about different things like friendship or your house or your emotions. Okay. So if we're talking about the house, for example, being home with the kids during the day, or even if they're at school and coming back and mm-hmm. however that looks for you, 
if the house is a source of stress and you think, okay, you know, the kids live here, they want to be able to play, but I'm the one that, you know, pays for the house and can't stand how it looks. And I'm miserable here because, you know, so it's this, instead of berating myself and like, I shouldn't feel bad. The kids are making memories, but actually, if you hate, if you hate the state of your house all the time, your existing, your primary environment is causing you stress, right? right? So this is where you would sit down and you would say, okay, I'm going to think on this for a bit. You know, you, you want to pray first, like give me wisdom, you know, and I really love to pray, take the blinders off. I know I've got blinders on to something like, you know, and mm-hmm. then, and this is a language of listening phrase. Um, so I'm a language of listening parent coach, but it, it the phrase goes like this. How can I take care of the home and the kids feel comfortable living here? How can we do both of these things? So mm-hmm. instead of it being like, I'm going to, I'm going to win, the kids are going to lose or the kids are going to win and I'm going to lose. How can we both win here? And even just thinking about it, like it's a win-win, we're not going to go down the road of I lose, I win, they lose. We're just really not going to do that. Right. We'd rather them win and us lose. But this is the whole issue is that actually we don't have to lose. Nobody has to lose. Um, so you have to get out of that win-lose mindset first. And then you can use that. Well, how, how can I meet my needs today? What are my needs today? First of all, how can I meet my needs and take care of the kids' needs? And then you, this is the place you have to be for all of the ideas and possibilities to pop up. So it's almost like you have to move yourself into a new frame of mind that says, I can win, they can win. Because actually, if mama ain't happy, honestly, the kids ain't. I mean, you know, if I'm upset and stressed all day and yelling, this isn't a positive environment for the kids anyway. So we've got to get past thinking we can sort of martyr ourselves and that they'll be happy because they'll notice that we did that and they won't be happy. Right. And I say this a lot. Uh, yeah. So we, we think we can sort of martyr ourselves and fool the kids, but they're not fooled because what essentially happens is when you ignore yourself over and over again and your needs, you actually become super selfish. So this is counterintuitive, but so you're not sleeping as much as you're, you're not getting any sleep, you know, and, and the house is always a mess. And you feel like you're say you never get any alone time if that's what you need. Right. But you're like, I'm going to do this for the kids. They're going to win. I'm going to lose. You don't think this consciously, but in the back of your mind, this is what you're thinking. Um, you actually become super selfish. Then you become obsessed with all the things, all the needs that are not met. Then when the kids say wake up early or they're sick at night, you feel so resentful because you're like, I never get any sleep because of you or, you know, or if it's a play game and they leave it out, it's like, you guys are ruining my house. So because these needs aren't being met, you're actually, I shouldn't say, not everybody does, but this is very common. We sort of blame the other people who are disrupting us from meeting our needs, even though they have nothing to do with us meeting our needs, we have to do this ourselves. So we end up in this situation where we think we're letting the kids win and we think we're lo- we're going to lose, but actually we become bitter, resentful, and we blame them. And then we all lose anyway. Uh, I don't know if that <laughs> that makes is sense. so true. Them, you know? <laughs> uh, yes, I am. I am. And you know, I, I so appreciate you talking about this win-win thing. Like, how can I make the home comfortable for my kids? But how can I make it comfortable for me? Right. And you know what? As you were sharing that, I was thinking that I do that on the weekends that I have my grandkids because now my kids are all grown and gone, but I have my grandkids a lot. And on those weekends, I've determined that the floors don't bother me but the counters do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, 
I think this would be a perfect example. So uh, there can be toys on the floor and that really doesn't bother me. But when the counters are cluttered, that raises Mm -hmm. my stress level. And so what I do for myself on those weekends, when I have a house full of grandkids is I work to just keep the counters uncluttered to clean up after meals Mm -hmm. and to keep things uncluttered so that when I walk through the kitchen, it doesn't stress me out. I can walk through the the family room and there is Legos and there are cars and all kinds of things that are on the floor. That doesn't bother me. So it's like finding the thing that doesn't bother you that you can give on, but finding the thing that does bother you that you can honor yourself in. That is such a good example. And this is ex- this is so true and so good. And I often talk about this a lot with moms who are just like feel... Because when you think about if you're, especially if you're home during the day with the kids, but even if you're out working, you want to come home and even more so maybe feel like your home is a place of, of like joy, you know, or mm-hmm. at least of peace. And so I, I kind of coach through mom sometimes. And it's like, if their house is overrun with toys and overrun with stuff, it's also constant reminder that you haven't kept up. So not only do you feel visually assaulted by all the stuff, you also feel like, oh, I'm not a good housekeeper, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. I mean, of course, we all know it's a big business. Decluttering is a great thing to do. And of course, there's a lot of strategies you can do. But even just acknowledging, I just can't, I want the kids to feel like they could explode the toys, but I actually can't hack it. So just that this is, you know, and then you can go from there. What can we do so that they can play? And I am still okay. And you will have ideas that come up, you know, but, and I mm-hmm. love this idea of just figuring it out. My, one of my mentors, actually, her thing was crumbs. So she was like, I can't have crumbs for some reason, just crumbs on the counter bothered her. And she's like, it's just how it is. I hate crumbs. So this was just a chore that she either had one of the girls do, or they knew if they got out and made toast, for example, they had to get the crumbs up. So it's just kind of respecting, um, you know, the, especially since the mother and, and I, and I, I have really noticed the shift. I don't know if you have Jill where it's sort of just this. Um, and I know we can pendulum swing. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I've noticed a shift towards like whatever our kids feelings are is right. And mm-hmm. whatever, you know, if they're upset, whatever I was going to do is wrong, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this is a, this is a rock and a hard place for moms because everybody in life gets upset the kids don't want to do a lot of things we know are good for them. But if you in the back of your mind are thinking, if it makes the kids upset, I can't do it. You basically right. might as well tie your hands behind your back and sit in your closet, your whole parenthood journey, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think this is a huge thing that's going on as well. Hmm. I agree. So Rachel, one of the things that we've kind of you know, mentioned here several times is mom guilt and mom guilt in and Mm -hmm. of itself holds us back from Mm -hmm. taking care of ourselves and all of that. What would you say is, um, an important strategy to reduce mom guilt? Like how can moms deal with guilt and, and, and really begin to reduce it in their life? This is a great question. I mean, it's a multifaceted answer. And I guess there's a lot, there's a lot of things because a lot of us have came kind of came honestly by this feeling of guilt that we've had since we were young, you know, but one way, no matter how you ended up feeling guilty a lot is I kind of like to, to 
get things back to the absolute basics as much as I can. And I'll think like, is this a sin? (laughs) Is Mm. this in the Bible? Is this even moral? Like, is what I'm feeling guilty about even more? Is it a moral issue? Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? You know, because we can feel guilty about things that is literally like not even a moral issue. It's like we we feel guilty because we didn't sign the kids up for a little league because it was just so stressful. I couldn't stand it. And then they're a little bit sad and I feel guilty. This isn't even moral, right? This is not a sin if they do or they don't. So in some ways you have to be able to say, this is a moral, a biblical command issue. So I can choose to do it or choose not to do it. And there's a variety of factors that go into that, but this isn't an issue where some kind of, um, there is a right or wrong, if that makes sense. Because sometimes, you know, there is a right or there's a wrong, you know, I mean, it's, it just, it is. But these aren't even usually the things we feel guilty about because we know those things. Right. And and because guilt is a good thing when we are yes. walking in a wrong direction. Like, you know, if yes. I emasculate my husband in my tone of voice, I should feel guilty about that. Like I should feel guilty Mm -hmm. that I didn't speak to him in a kind and loving way because that's going to motivate us. That's called conviction. The Bible calls conviction. But I think the guilt that we're talking about and what you're saying here is, you know, if it's a moral issue, if it is a right or wrong, by all means, let's experience guilt. But if it's not a moral issue, then really what we're experiencing is when we move from conviction to condemnation. That's exactly right. And I'm glad you didn't call it shame because I have, this is not the place for that. But I even think that we're, we're moving away from needing to feel any guilt or shame. And I don't think that's the right direction in, in society at large, you know? Mm-hmm. So if we do something wrong, of course we want to feel guilty. So we don't want to sort of sear our conscience to never feel guilty. But that's why the first question is, is this even a right or wrong issue? Mm -hmm. Is this even, uh, you know, and then you can say, that's right. Is this, am I condemning myself? And this is really usually what's happening, honestly. And it stems out of a lot of things that, that in every, you know, generation of parenting has had different struggles, you know, different presenting and, you know, like ours, you know, the screen time issue that wasn't, it wasn't an issue, but, you know, so we always have these new different things, but it's like, we've also taken on some, I believe to be damaging ideas that the culture has presented that really cause us, you know, kind of like this, this idea that um, our kids should have every opportunity, you know, not every other country. Cause I've lived in Australia. I've lived in Scotland. I've lived in Italy. I've lived in England. Not every country has this. We really do. We want to give our kids every opportunity. So we drive ourselves completely in the ground. The kids live only on fast food. We're schlepping them five days a week because if they don't do soccer, they're not going to get a good job. You see what I mean? So we've, we don't mm-hmm. boil it down to that, but we have really taken on some, the kids always need to be happy or I'm doing something wrong. We need to give them every opportunity. Otherwise they won't be well-rounded. These types of things. And the guilt often comes from these Um, because if we really get down to it and we think I'm just going back to the kind of example about little league, you know, Um, if we really get down to it and we just actually sat and thought and we said, I'm not going to condemn myself over this. Did, was this beneficial to our family or not? And if not, it's just okay not to do it. It just is. And so if you can get down to also feeling like your own preferences and desires matter, 
You have to give yourself an now. Now, even so, we wouldn't prioritize ourselves, you know, over them in a who's more important way. But that's not modern mom's problem. Modern mom problem is deprioritizing themselves completely. So it's okay to say, I well, not all modern moms, but I think Christian moms particularly, because we mm-hmm. kind of also sort of have a natural pull away from what we feel the world's doing. If we feel the world is saying, kind of you know, me, 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 more, 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 bigger, better, go bigger, go home. We kind of can tend to pull the other way to have some kind of balance, you know, but Mm -hmm. so uh, what I have found a lot of Christian moms really struggle with feeling okay that they want or don't want something. It's like, I don't want to be in the car two hours every evening back to the little league example, but then they can't give it up because it feels so bad to the kids, you know? So these are the types of areas that we're feeling so much guilt and they're not even moral. Right, right. And, you know, I mean, then it comes back to is being in the car two hours a night, you know, driving the kids places. Is that healthy for me? Is it healthy for them? Sometimes we have to Mm -hmm. step back. And yes, we're giving them Mm -hmm. an opportunity, but we've got to step back. And, you know, with each of our kids, we let we had them start like organized sports later and later and later Mm -hmm. organized activities or classes. Like I remember with our oldest, I had her in a dance class when she was two and I look Mm -hmm. back and that was for my, that was for me to feel good about me. That Mm -hmm. wasn't really to benefit her. I mean, sure. She loved it, but I, it was really for me, I felt like I was being a good mom by doing that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of learned, Hey, they don't really need to necessarily start it too. And so, you know, with the next kid, I started them at four and with kid number three, mm-hmm. I started them at six and with kid number four, um, came along and, and I remember he was eight and he was getting ready to, I think he was going into fourth grade. He'd done nothing no classes, no mm-hmm. organized sports, no anything. And he finally was like, can I play baseball? And I was like, yeah, yeah. yeah sure. You probably could. You know, yeah. I mean, I just had moved. And here's the, the, here's what I, I worried that he would be behind. Mm-hmm. It took him two weeks to catch up to the kids mm-hmm. who had been in it since T-ball at the age of three. And so Mm -hmm. oftentimes I think we need those reminders that we're not necessarily like he had spent those first eight years of his life playing in the backyard, looking for four leaf clovers. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that actually was healthy for him. And, and it didn't even put him behind in baseball. So absolutely, I think that's so important. I love what you're saying there. Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. And we've done something similar. And I know with both of us having five kids, it's different than somebody that maybe has one child, you know, but once you start adding, but I mean, it's very, my mom and I laugh about this. Like, you know, back when I was growing up, it was like two, a boy and a girl was sort of like what the, I don't know if I want to say goals or that seemed like what everybody had. And now, I mean, I can get together with three of my friends and between us, we have like 16 kids, you know? So it's actually very common. Now it seems like we've swung the other way to having larger families, but once you have that, you just you just have to step back and say, well, you know, we do want to give each kid opportunity, but for the whole, is this benefiting us or not? You mm-hmm. know, are we and then you just have to be able to. And I think this is a big one, too. 
is we, we, you know, modern moms of young kids these days, we really ebb to and fro. We really can be so, and I don't want to say double-minded in that we're choosing to be double-minded, but we really have a hard time just sort of choosing and sticking with it. It just seems like, and I think it's because of social media, we see so much what everybody else is doing. And then we think, oh man, I guess there was, even if we were good, felt good about what we chose, we see other people that choose different and we think, oh no, they're probably getting it right. You know? And so we really open all of our choices up to scrutiny by our own self-scrutiny because we follow so many people and see what everybody else does. And I think it's very distressing. I personally... I mean, I talk about this, my uh, cancer journey in my book, but a little bit, I don't go, you know, um, but this is one thing I mentioned in there's as soon as I got diagnosed, I was, you know, on Instagram and I was like, I literally cannot scroll and look at all these like beautiful homes and fake tans and like, you know, Fiji vacations. I may die. My child is two and I may die. I I can't Mm -hmm. care about fake tans. So I just cold Turkey stopped scrolling. And to this day, this, this was over three years ago now, um, praise God, cancer free. That was a whole miraculous situation, but I still have not opened Instagram and just scrolled the feed. I'll go to a few people's paid, you know, accounts to catch up if I want to. Um, and if for work, if I post something and do comments, I had just not sat there and scrolled the feed not once. And I have no desire to, because I get unhappy if I see everybody else living their best life and it doesn't look like my life. But I don't need to feel unhappy about my life because I love my kids and I love my life. You know, there's there's hard things, but you understand what I'm saying. I can't allow other things in that I know are going to make me dislike my life. And this is I'm the only one that can do that. It's just me. Yep. Oh, that's so wise, Rachel. Thank you. So wise. Well, as we kind of bring this to a close, I do, I want to ask you one question. What is the number one piece of advice you would give to a mom who feels just too, too stressed to enjoy her life? Yeah, this is a great question. I could, I could talk about this all day. So I'm going to say that this is the first thing that came into my mind. So I'm going to go with this is that I would Get it, get sit down in a quiet place, whether you want to go out to a coffee shop or if you want a quiet place in your own home and make a master list of all the things that are stressing you. Don't edit it. Dump it all out. Everything. Mm-hmm. But before you start thinking of anything to do, just pray to have it all out, get it all out and then just, you know, Pray that God would give you ideas and give you wisdom and help you tease it out. So I would say, just get all the reasons out there. Don't say, oh, this isn't important. Don't do the whole other people got worse problems. This is don't do any of that. If you hate it and it's happening in your life, get it down on paper and then just spend that time in prayer. And then and then just take each one as it comes. And, you know, after you've kind of worked through this, take the first one. What can I do to make this not happen? How can this, how can I change this? How can I do it? Does it need to be drastic or is it something small? Is it that I absolutely hate my job? Or can I quit? You know, whatever it may be, or that's a big thing, mm-hmm. but it'll be small things too. And just take them one at a time. And, and this is, this is big. Like our, you know, we know that God is in control of the universe. You know, you just read Job when God's telling Job off and it's like, did you do this? Did you do? No, you know, so we know all that this is true, but God also gave us common sense. And we're also in control of a lot of these daily things in our lives. And 
we are the we are responsible for our own private world um and we can change things we we should we should change things because there's no spiritual benefit to be to suffering for no reason okay sometimes we have to suffer because sometimes other people do things to us that cause us to suffer sometimes tragic accidents so there is surely there are surely blessings that come out of suffering but sometimes we suffer when we don't have to and i just really don't think we should spend our life unneedlessly suffering so take i dump it all spend time in prayer and then one by one really problem solve and if you've got to do something drastic do it and then just rest in that i don't know if that helps i guess that's not one Mm -hmm. thing that's a few things but it's sort of a session it's a session if you will um but it, the, getting it all out, um, I mean, it really helps. And actually, the, and I mentioned this guy in the book, but somebody that I follow that um, uh, for cancer, his name's Chris Wark, and he talks about healthy living and stuff. And one of his big things is he says, as soon as you get diagnosed, you need to sit down and you need to triage all your problems and you need to solve them because you don't need to be stressed if you're trying to heal. Mm. So that it was, and I've just taken that on board mentally. I thought about that. If you've got problems, don't avoid them. Don't escape them. Don't Netflix yourself to oblivion. You know, don't drink coffee all day to stay awake. Then, or, you know, as soon as the kids go to bed, you're up for seven more hours to get a long time. No, you know, don't avoid your problems. Get them all out there and ruthlessly deal with them. And it just truly does bring peace. It really does. There's a little, there's chaos at the beginning, but it's sort of, you know, when Paul talks about going to bed with a, a clear conscience or going to bed, mm-hmm. you know, putting your head on your pillow and you kind of have, this is sort of what we want to aim for. And right. the more we can just remove the problems that are disrupting our private lives, just the more present we are, the more able we're to, what we can be the moms we want to be. And that's ultimately what we want to do anyway, you know? Right. Um, so I don't know if that, that was yeah. too much, but that's what I think. <laughs> No, it's a great exercise that any of us can do. And I think it's super important because I I think oftentimes we don't even know what's stressing us out. And so, and Mm -hmm. it may, you know, it may even take processing it with a friend. Sometimes it, you know, if you have someone that you can help you process that. And sometimes you have to even, Mm -hmm. you have to think through categories. What with the kids is stressing me? What with the house is stressing me? What with my job is stressing me? Um, And so think through the different parts of your life. So no, I think that's some great wisdom. Yeah, this has been so good. Thank you. And the name of Rachel's book is If Mama Ain't Happy. And we will put a link to her book uh, in the show notes. But Rachel, uh, what else do you offer, especially for moms? Where can folks find you online? Where's the best place for them to uh, hang out with you? Yeah, so my website is amotherfarfromhome.com. And that I you know, talk a lot about these issues and home routines and stress relievers and stuff like that. So I have a lot, I have a lot of freebies over there, free routine brainstorm sheets and lists and all this type of stuff. So a motherfarfromhome.com um, is where you can find some of that. Wonderful. Again, we will put a link to that in the show notes. Rachel, would you be willing to pray for our listeners and uh, those that are feeling overwhelmed just to bring this to a close? Absolutely. Dear Lord Jesus, I just lift up to you, God, all of the moms who are listening here, Lord, and you know where they're feeling sad and overwhelmed, and they just sort of feel like a a 
fruit that's past its eaten date and it's just bruised and, you know, just feel like they can't get back to a good place, God. And I just pray that you would, you know, put people in their lives who could encourage them. You would comfort them, God, whenever they, however it may be, whether it's Bible on an app on their phone or they're, you know, out somewhere in Bible study, however it might be, God, or just in the normal days, Lord, that you would just speak to them and comfort them, God, and just also just give them the wisdom, Lord, because we know your word says if we ask for wisdom that you give it to us. So I pray mm-hmm. that you would just give these moms wisdom and and also that you would remove scales. Sometimes the scales that are over our eyes, we're blinded to what's happening and we don't see clear solutions in front of us. So I just pray that you would remove scales from mom's eyes so they can just see the situation clearly and that you would give them wisdom, Lord, because I know that it isn't your will that every day we're just so stressed from the beginning to the end and we're not able to live out the the calling that you put on our lives as, as well. So I just pray that you would really um, be present for these moms and that they could little by little or even in a big hunk, just get back some of the peace that they are missing. Mm-hmm. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining me today on the No More Perfect Podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future conversations. You can find the show notes and links to anything we talked about over on jillsavage.org slash podcast. I hang out on Facebook and Instagram and would love to connect with you there. You can find me under the name jillsavage.author. One more thing, we have three free ebooks that we'd love to give you. You can find them at jillsavage.org slash free. See you next week where we'll have another conversation about the real stuff of life and relationships.